Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, February 23rd edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and there's Mr. Cole Shelton, and we are joined in the chat by Babel fan, a.k.a. Marcel Dorf. Marcel says Cole broke one of the most odd fights of 2021 already. Props to the scoop. Actually, Cole, I did want to start with that just because I'm going to give you some rub, man. Come on. What's the fight you broke? Cole, tell everyone. On May 22nd, Danielle Wolf, the 1 0 MMA fighter, will make her UFC debut against Felicia Spencer. This has all the makings of a bad, bad fight. Like a bad, like just a beatdown is what it seems like. I don't understand this fight. Like, I guess there's not many fighters in this division, Cole, but Daniel Wolf, that is probably the worst signing Dana White's made from the show in the three or four years they did it. She had no, she has no business in the UFC. One fight, it was a terrible fight, Cole. Um, she does have some striking, like you mentioned, Cole, the boxing background, but uh, I'm pretty sure Felicia Spencer is just going to grab her, throw to the ground, and, and maybe tap her out or beat her to a pulp with TKO in the first round. Like, I, I think it's a terrible matchup. I expect Felicia to be like a massive favorite, Cole. Like, I'm talking oh, seven, eight hundred, maybe more. Like, like an Amanda Nunes size favorite. It, it's going to look like that. And listen, Felicia's not like an amazing fighter. She obviously showed a lot of holes against Nunes. She got her ass kicked in that fight, but. I think Cole and against Cyborg too, but again, like against anyone else, she beats them. I think in this division, so bad matchup for uh, Daniel Wolf. I'm just looking at her record. Cole, she's 37 too. Like she's really old. Felicia's 30. Wolf is 37. She has one pro fight. She does train at uh, what's that gym called? Cole, Cole. Um, is she training with like Liz Carmouche and them uh, in San Diego? Isn't that the gym? Whatever it's called. Um, it says Alliance MMA. That's the one. And then also yeah. Kings. Anyways, good, good, good job though, Cole. Nice job uh, pursuing that story because uh, my my prediction though is that's the final featherweight fight in the UFC. That's kind of the bold prediction. <laughs> so here we go. Here we go. Right. That, that, this is the prediction. Amanda Nunes. I'm gonna spoil it for next week, but I think Nunes beats Anderson. Not really a bold prediction, but I'm kidding. Nunes beats Anderson. Thousand favorite. That, yeah. I, think, I think that's Anderson's last fight of her deal. Do they really resign her to just fight Felicia Spencer again? Fully Spencer beat Daniel Wolf. Nunez goes down to 35 one more time, then probably calls it a career. And then I think 45. Like, I would not be surprised that's a final featherweight fight in UFC yeah. history. And again, I'm just looking at, uh, you know, Wolf's resume. Like, she has some Olympic experience. Like, she's definitely a, a good boxer, Cole. But it's MMA, Cole. You know, it's not boxing. This one I don't get. There's so many more atom weights than featherweights, but yeah. Dana White is and so much. Uh, He's saying exactly that. Like, get rid of featherweight and bring in atom weight. Um, I agree with you guys, but, and, and I think I can say that with Marcel beginning of the year, that was my prediction. The bold prediction was they're getting, it's not really bold call. Let's be honest. I've been saying this for about four years as well. <laughs> so every year I'm getting this wrong. Same with Dana White resigns as UFC president. That's when I get wrong every year. He <laughs> comes back. But yeah, no, I think that, uh, is a bad matchup for Wolf. but nice job though. Seriously getting that, uh, breaking news there. Cool. Good job. Um, let's see here. Is there anything else you want to talk about as far as, did you break any other news call? Did you have any other fights? Nope. Okay. Well, I mean, we might as well get into the preview, guys. We got a bunch of fights this weekend. Once again, I'm excited for it. UFC Vegas 20. Give me your thoughts, like, as a whole call while I pull it up and get it ready. Yeah, all right cards to me. I think main and co-main are obviously good. There's some fights like Munoz Rivera I'm excited for. There's some other fights that I just say it all the time. I don't get the bout order. Like, I don't know. I think Alexander Hernandez, like, although... It's not the biggest fight. Like I think that's a guy that should be on the main card just because he has a lot of like hype behind his name. Like I don't get why they would put like uh, a Caceres groom over that fight. Like I get that's probably gonna be a fun fight, but I think Hernandez has more of that name value. Like a 
Montana De La Rosa, Buena Silva as the third fight from the top. Like, I'm not really sure about that one, but yeah, it's it really hard. I mean, it was even like last week. There was a few questionable decisions that they did as far as the boat order goes. Anyways, let's get into this card. So, uh, yeah, I mean, last week was kind of rough too, man. It's it's been tough this year. It's been tough, man. The picks are not getting easier either. It feels like the matchmaking is so good now in the UFC. Anyone can win. And again, guys, you know, on this podcast, me and Cole, we really do try to look at both sides of the coin. You can't just look at one fighter and be like, this guy's going to win the fight. Like, you have to look at the other side. Derek Lewis and Curse Blades, great example, Cole. Everyone's looking at Curse Blades' wrestling, and yes, it's great, but no one was really talking about, you know, Lewis's power and his ability to get off the ground, and that's what, you know, knocked him out. So just get, catch him with the uppercut. The guy's incredible. Anyways, let's get into these fights, but I want to get to Val Fan says, Roger's not fighting in a placement. Yeah, so Hayoni Barcelos has been pulled off the card due to COVID-19, his replacement. Marcelo Rojo, he's also off the card. Cameron says, what's up? Hey, Cameron. <laughs> and uh, Bao Fan says, why are they putting these random fights, women fights on the main card? All right, let's get into it. So first fight of the night, according to Tapology, Dustin Jacoby versus Maxine Grishin in the UFC light heavyweight division. And right now we have Dustin Jacoby. He's a minus 185 favorite. Maxine Grishin plus 160. Give me your, uh, give me your pick in this one, Cole. Yeah, I like Dustin Jacoby in this fight. I think Maxine Grisham has the capability to just kind of hold Jacoby up against the fence and kind of grind out a boring fight. But I like Jacoby's improvements. Like, he looked good against Justin Liddell. The leg kicks look good. He looked good on the tender series. Like, he's obviously a phenomenal striker. I think if this just is a striking, like a kickboxing fight, Jacoby wins 10 times out of 10. But just Grisham's wrestling and the ability to just kind of hold him kind of scares me off of Jacoby. I do I don't think Grishin has the power to put out Jacoby. Well, I think Jacoby has the power to put out Grishin. I'll lean Dustin Jacoby. I think he can be strong enough to get out of the clinch and just kind of pick apart Grishin on the feet. But it's one I don't really have a whole lot of confidence to lay almost two to one on Dustin Jacoby. Like I think I think this is more of a pick and fight to me. But yeah. I lean Dustin Jacoby, and I think he can probably get it done like a late stoppage. Yeah, and remember, like it's so early in the week. It's Tuesday, guys, when we do our podcast. So these are leans, and they could change. Usually they don't, but they could. And last week was a perfect example, all those fighters missing weight. So we'll watch the weigh and see what happens. But uh, my lean right now is also Jacoby Cole. Um, for me, it's just he's such a better striker. If the fight stays standing, I, I think he'll just destroy Max and Grishin with the leg kicks, with straight punches, stay on the outside. But Grishin, his ability to make it kind of a boring grappling fest, that kind of does scare me off too, Cole. I'm not going to lie. I feel the same way. So. You know, Grishin's also a former heavyweight. He's probably a little bit of a bigger man, a um, little bit of a longer reach, too. We'll see. Um, I like Jacoby, like, as far as if it stays striking call. I mean, that's pretty obvious. He could knock Grishin out. It's possible. Or win a decision on points. Or Grishin could take him down, maybe submit him, too. So it's kind of um, a little trickier than I think some are suggesting here. My picks, uh, my lean is towards Jacoby Cole. I think he probably wins a decision, just kind of outpoints this guy. But uh i got to look into this one more because Grishin, he, even though he hasn't looked very good in the UFC, he is a guy with a lot of experience, a lot of fights, and a lot of fights at heavyweight as well. So it'll be an interesting fight. Okay, next up, we have a 135-pound bout between Ronnie Lawrence and Vince Cachero, who is moving down to bantamweight. Right now we have Ronnie Lawrence is a is it, minus 155 favorite, Cachero plus 135. Give me your pick, Cole. Yeah, I've kind of been going back and forth on this one. I'm not really too high on either guy. I know, like, Vince Cachero is kind of weird. Like, he got into the UFC being one and two in his last three, and then he obviously loses to Jamal Emmer. So he's one and three in his last four. Like, but you look at it, like, he lost to Casey Kenny, not a bad loss. Split decision against uh, Sholinen. I could have gone with Cachero that fight. Obviously, good one over Marvin Garcia, and then lost to Jamal Emmer. So I don't think it's that bad of a loss. But Ronnie Lawrence, like, although he beat. Jose Johnson, like I wasn't too impressed. Like 
I don't know. I, I kind of lean the underdog here in Vince Cachoeira. I just think he's a bit overall the better fighter. If it stays striking-wise, I think he's a better striker than Ronnie Lawrence. I think, like, again, in the last fight, like I mentioned, I think Lawrence has all the capability to just kind of grind out Vince Cachoeira and win a kind of a boring decision. But I kind of had – I just lean the dog in Cachoeira. But even though he is an underdog, I don't really have much confidence betting either guy because I'm not really high on either of them. Yeah, this is an interesting fight. Um with Kashara moving down to 135. He's also training at Factory X, and he looked pretty good in training. Him, uh, Jacoby, and Hernandez are all training together. They're on this card. So that's something to keep in mind. They're all getting good training. In. But I got to be honest, Cole, like, I've been very underwhelmed by this guy. He obviously just didn't look good at all in his debut against Emerson. And then the fights in LFA, you're right. If you look closer, you got to look closer to these fights. The split decision fight, you probably should have won that fight. So, And the loss to Casey Kenny, although it was a brutal loss, watched it last night. He just walked right into that knee in that fight. But uh, overall, he probably does have the striking advantage in this fight. For what I've seen, this guy is a very good striker. Um, watched quite a few of his fights from the regional scene. Uh, and he can strike, man. The thing is, Cole, I, I think that Lawrence, he – by the way, he's training at Sanford MMA now. And uh, he's getting the best training in. So he's training with, you know, the, the best guys, Chandler, all these guys. And uh, the last fight in the UFC, or sorry, not the UFC, contender series he had, Cole, he attempted 17 takedowns and landed 12 of them. He was a takedown machine in that fight. I understand his opponent was not very good at stopping the takedowns, but if if that's the kind of game plan this guy has in his fights, he's going to win a lot of fights in the UFC. That's a, that's a, fight, that's a smart fighter right there. That's a high a fight IQ, Cole. So, yes, I do have some questions for sure because it's kind of a step up in competition in some ways against the guy who's already in the UFC. So that's definitely a question mark. And if he can't get the takedowns, Kishiro's probably going to beat him on the feet. But, Cole, this Sanford team, dude, I really believe in these guys. I, how can you bet against these guys right now? I'm not going to, Cole. So I'm actually going to pick um, the slight favorite here, Ronnie Lawrence. I'm not going to like Cole. I like him quite a bit in this fight, man. He's uh, he's actually a little bit taller, and uh, surprisingly, for considering he was the guy that was actually originally at 135. Um, and I think that, that, could, that helped a little bit here, hopefully, uh, just getting leverage and getting some takedowns, just holding the ground. I don't know if he gets a finish call, but I think he just grinds it out. So Ronnie Lawrence is my pick here, minus 155. That's a pretty strong lean, and I'll definitely keep an eye on that line. But that is a strong lean for me right now. I do think he's going to win this fight by decision. All right, next up, we have a uh, light head rebuttal between Alonzo Menifield and William Knight. This fight could have been on the main card because I, I think this fight's definitely going to end up finish. And it's essentially a pick right now, Cole. You look at all the books. Right now, it's basically 110 apiece in most books. So <laughs> who are you picking in a pick and fight? Man, this fight, like, <laughs> I don't really know how you can have confidence in either guy. Like, it could really come down to who lands first. Like, we've seen a lot of Menfield get knocked out. We've seen William Knight get knocked out to a Tafon Nijuki. Like, that fight seems very similar to this one, where both guys just are so muscular, just a ton of power. Both of them kind of cardio concerns like i, I think menafield i he kind of gassed against clark he did look a bit better against st pru with his cardio into that second round but all lean alonzo menafield here i think he's fought the better competition he's obviously has that knock one over paul craig knock one over morea i don't who cares about that one but the paul craig fight that was kind of impressive where he stopped the takedowns and knocked out craig brutally who's gone on a pretty good run the devin clark fight obviously that was a disappointing one but clark's just very durable where menafield cracked him a couple times the first round a lot of guys would have went down to those punches and then saint Prue, like uh, that's just i don't know the saint Prue one kind of throws me off in menafield's <laughs> bit i think menafield's kind of fighting for his job here i normally talk to menafield for his all his fights he's just told me he's like look i'm not doing any media i fully focus on this fight like i know my job's on the line with william knight like 
the wins over Cody Brunage, I don't really put too much stock into. I think Brunage was just too inexperienced for that fight. Alex Cameron's obviously a good win, but I think Manifield's a better striker. I think their power is probably similar, but I'll pick Alonzo Manifield here. But it's a, I don't know how you have confidence in the guy just because it could be first one to land. Yeah, it's definitely a close fight. I mean, that's why the odds are pick him. But uh, I honestly lean the other way, Cole. I'm fading Alonzo Manifield. I'm sorry. I know it's your boy, I know it's your guy. I've been fading like the last couple of fights. Cole, after that Clark fight, I, I just I saw a lot of holes in his game. If he doesn't win in the first round, he's going to lose his fights. That's how I look at him as he's a one round fighter. And we saw that against OSP, he got smashed. And I was glad to get OSP at plus money in that fight. I'm hoping to get Knight here at plus money too. I mean, listen, it's a close fight. Obviously, Manifold can knock out Knight. We've seen him get knocked out by Dechukwi, like you said. But you know, Knight's pretty impressive, man. I mean, this is a guy who probably should have been in the UFC a few years ago. He already had two wins like a contender series. It took him a while to get there. And then he gets to the UFC and he wins it against Kamer as an underdog. And I had him in that fight as a dog. So I do believe in this guy, man. I, I'm pretty high on William Knight. I think he has a big grappling advantage in this fight, Cole. That's where I see the advantage. I think he has a very good advantage, very big advantage in the grappling. So Manifield, yeah, we saw against Clark, he's got you know pretty good clinch game, but he can be beaten there too. And I think that you know Knight's going to push him against the fence and eventually get some takedowns here. Probably win by TKO ground pound. I don't see the fight going three rounds. I'll say that right now. I know they have both gone three rounds. I don't think this one's going to go three, Cole. But uh, yeah, my, my lean right now is towards Mike, guys. I, I think he's just got the better grappling. So we'll see. Because Kamer's not as good as Manifield, I don't think. Kamer's not, not that great. But Daniel says Manifield here. He won't be easy to dominate a clinch. I mean, Clark dominated him pretty bad in the clinch, Cole. You know, so it kind of worries me a little bit. But uh, I'm just I'm just scared if this guy gasses because I think he will. Um, carries a lot of muscle. We've seen that in his fights. He gets tired after five minutes. Let's see the next fight: Alexis Davis versus Sabina Mazo. This, by the way, is at 135. Yeah, topology drawing on that one. Yep, they are. So make sure to keep that in your notes, guys. It's 135, and right now uh, we have Mazo minus 200, Davis plus 170. Who's your pick? I have to go with Sabina Mazo here, but that odds are way too high for my liking. Like Sabina Mazo, she almost lost to Justin Kish. Like she lost the first two rounds, and if it wasn't for that head kick with like a minute left, she would have lost that fight. Like, and then even like that split against JJ Aldridge, I don't think JJ Aldridge is that good of a fighter. Like that easy could have gone JJ's way. Like Sabina has a lot of hype, but she hasn't really proven it to me in the octagon. Like sh- this win over Shayna Dobbs, and that's a good win just because. I think Shayna is a top out for kind of anyone, but like she lost to Marina Moreau's the split against JJ Aldridge and the and like Justin Kish and JJ Aldridge, those are supposed to be setup fights for her. Where she's supposed to just kind of run through them. And she had a lot of difficulties. Alexis Davis is a big step up from although she's on a three fight loser, she's a big step up from what JJ Aldridge and Justin Kish is. Like she's fought Ron Rousey for the belt. Like she has wins over Liz Carmouche, Jessica I, Sarah Kaufman. Like, although those aren't the top girls. They're way better than what Sabina Mazza is this current state. So I think Davis is better at 135. She has the capability of just kind of grinding out this win and holding Mazo up against the cage. I think Mazo at 35 probably is better for her as well, but I think she's the better striker where she can pick apart Alexis Davis, but minus 200, no way I can lay that on Sabina Mazo. It opened higher, actually. It opened at minus 240, so it's dropped a little bit. Um, by the way, James interviewed both of them. I watched their interviews last night. It was interesting. Davis uh, hasn't fought in two years, Cole. I believe she's also a new, a pretty new mother, and she's uh, she's she's in school to do her EMT thing. It sounds like she's got a foot out the door already, guys. Like mm-hmm. she hasn't fought in two years. She's thirty six years old. I love her, man. She's Canadian, Cole. She's a Canadian MMA pioneer, and uh, 
you know, I love Alexis Davis. I mean, listen, the girl is so experienced. Woman, I should say. She's a little bit older than me. She's very experienced girl. Like, she has a knock away over men to do this. So she is experienced. And she's fought the best of the best. She has great wins. But I haven't seen anything out of her in a couple years now. And she has not looked good in her fights. Uh, she's also, like I said, 36. Mazzo's 23 years old. That's a huge difference in age. Mazzo's a taller fighter. Mazzo has a longer reach. Mazzo has... Like, look at her. If you look at the stats, I understand the competition wasn't as great, but she's landing over 100 strikes in all of her fights, 100 significant strikes. That's incredible. And uh, great takedown defense, too. So I I think it's a kind of a tough fight for Davis, if anything, in my opinion. I know she has more experience. That's the one thing that worries me, Cole. But in general, I, I think Maslow's better everywhere. I, I think she'll just be able to outstrike Alexis Davis win decision. That's my pick in this one. If the line keeps dropping, I might have to play her. I'm not going to lie. Minus 240, I was like, eh. But if minus 200 is going to keep going down, I might have to take a shot on Mazo, who has had some good lines in the UFC. If you look at it historically, she hasn't been like a huge favorite in her fights. She was uh, against Kish, she was, but against Aldrich and Dobson Cole, she was essentially like a pick and price. She did lose against uh, Moroz as a favorite, too, worth mentioning. Anyways, Mazo by decision, that's my lead in that fight. Next up, this is the last prelim. This is the fight that Cole thinks should be on the main card. Alexander Hernandez against Diego Moises. Hernandez minus 185, Moises plus 60. Give me your pick. I lead Alexander Hernandez here, and I like him a lot. Like, Tiago Moises, he was getting picked apart in Michael Johnson that first round. Like, that was a borderline 10-8 round. Johnson absolutely destroyed him. Then he goes out there and tries a heel hook or an ankle lock or whatever it was and submits Johnson, like, 20 seconds to start round two. Like, I talked to Hernandez for this fight. Like, he even brought that up. He's like, to think this guy like that wouldn't work on most fighters except michael johnson who just kind of has a lot of these brain parts in there but i think hernandez is grappling like he grew like in san antonio like that was what he was known for is his grappling so i don't think moises will be able to get him down on the feet i think hernandez is just much better i think really the question is does hernandez finish him all lean that he just gets a decision i think uh it's just I think his striking is just so much better than Tiago Moises. Moises can't get – I think Moises has one path to victory, and that's to submit Alexander Hernandez, and I just can't see that happening. So I'll pick Alexander Hernandez. i lean Hernandez by decision, but I would not be shocked if he uh, knocked out Moises. I like this fight too. It should be fun. You know, I, I am going to pick Hernandez. That's my lean right now anyways. More experience in the UFC, I think, against better competition and better wins, and he looked great in his last fight. And the camp change, I think, was good for him. So there's a lot of good stuff to like about this guy. He's got some nice wins, more experience, better fighters, obviously. But Cole, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to bet against him because, you know, Moises really surprised me against Bobby Green. It was a close fight, guys, but he did end up getting the way. And he beat Michael Johnson, too. In fact, he's 3-1 uh, and one in his last four fights. So he's he's looking better. Um, really only losing to, like, you know, good fighters. Uh, Demir Asmagulov and Dale Darius in the UFC. He's only 25 years old too. So he's getting better, Cole. Like he's really, I didn't realize how young he was. He's been in the UFC for a couple of years now since he was uh, 22 years old. So he's a young, improving fighter who's getting better. He also trains at ATT, if I'm not mistaken, right? So that's a yeah. good camp, Cole. My lean right now is towards Hernandez because I do think he's probably got the striking advantage, but I don't know. I'm going to look into Moises more. There's just something about this guy that when he beat Bobby Green, I was like, okay, I'm definitely overlooking this guy, and I got to keep an eye on him a little bit more. So I'll look into this one more, Cole, but right now I got to I gotta lean towards Hernandez. He just did more in the UFC against better competition. Let's get these comments. This is good comments. Balfan, not Harry Hernandez. The game of give me a fight against Grootsbacher. That is true. People are hiring for the fluke Darius win. Fluke. Okay. <laughs> Daniel, you're underestimating Moises striking a little bit. Land Green is more fluent than Hernandez. 
Green is definitely a good boxer for sure, but he's also very inactive, Cole. Green, Green has these... Bobby Green. The thing about Bobby Green is he fights down to his competition. Yeah. He always is in close fights no matter who they give him because yeah. he fights to his opponent's level, and I don't know why he does that. Yeah, no, it's true. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm going to look into Moises a little bit more, though, just because, Cole, honestly, I don't want to get burned by this guy after the last two fights <laughs> where I picked against him and I, and I lost. And Daniel says he's at ATT. They prep really well. Absolutely one of the best camps. Okay, main card, Cole. we got six fights here. Alex Caceres versus Kevin Kroom. The uh, what is it? The hard-hitting hillbilly? <laughs> Great nickname. Caceres minus 210. Kroom plus 175. Who are you taking? I do not get this line, and I will not go against James Krause. So I'm going Kevin Kroom here. I think what Krause has at Glory MMA, like that is such a good gym. He has such good game plans. Like, Everyone thought Derek Minner was going to gas out in the first round, and he got his cardio up. He, like he, James Carlos to me is a top three, maybe even one, like a top five for sure, maybe even top three coaches in MMA right now. Like he, his game plans are so good. Like he has the fighters so prepared, and Kevin Grimm's guy, like his record doesn't look that good. Like he has a lot of losses, but recently he's kind of turned it around. And with Alex Caceres, like his last three wins, like the Austin Springer win, obviously. Okay, that's a short nose replacement. Is Chase Hooper really that good of a win after what we saw Peter Barrett, who I think it was kind of one of the worst fighters on the UFC roster, picked him apart for two rounds? And then Steven Peterson, I thought Peterson won that fight. Like, I don't think Caceres won that one, but Caceres is a guy where I'm not really high and I'm like, he has a lot of bad losses. Same with Kevin Kroom, but I think Kevin Kroom can have the right game plan where he can outbox Caceres, he uses grappling to have success. Like, although Caceres is kind of known as this grappler, like he does get tapped out a lot. And I think Kevin Kroom can have success on the ground. I think James Carlos will come with a good game plan for Kevin Kroom. And I just can't lay two to one on Alex Caceres at this point in his career. So I got to take a shot on Kevin Kroom. So I got this uh, last comment from uh, Marcel about the Darius Hernandez fight. Do I think it was a fluke? I don't know, man. I mean, Darius has been KO'd a few times. I don't think it's a fluke. Like, I remember when I bet him against Ramsey Nijam, he got knocked out in, like, a couple minutes. I was, like, so pissed. That was a few years ago. So he can get KO'd. I don't know if it was – and you're right. I mean, yeah, if you match him up 10 times, he probably does win eight. But, you know, the, the one time he did land. Um, as, as far as this fight goes, Cole, I got to be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm 100% with you on this one, Cole. That, <laughs> as soon as I saw the opening lines, I saw Kevin Kroom at plus 250 and Caceres at minus 300. I was like, what the hell? What? This makes no sense. I understand he was a huge underdog against Roberts. That was like one day's notice. He, he hadn't fought in the UFC at that point. So that, that made sense to me. This fight, I don't understand the line at all, Cole. It has dropped, though. I will say that. So people are obviously kind of more on Kroom here, which I think is going to be the right side, but we'll see. It's a close fight. Um, both guys are very good with their submissions, especially. If this fight goes to the ground, which I think it probably does, it could be one of those fights, Cole, where like the first guy who makes a mistake or who grabs the neck in the wrong spot or something gets the win. They're both very opportunistic finishers on the ground. They go for the sub where they can. They grab your back, grab your arm, etc. Both guys can be finished. We've seen that. Um, I, I think there's a chance, Cole, this fight ends inside the distance either way. So, yeah, I, I think it's either guy by sub, but I'm going with Kroom at plus 175 because I, I believe this is a pick-em fight. If not, a little bit of an edge for Kroom who – has some advantages in this fight, guys. I mean, like you guys are talking about Cole and Tyler talking about Kraus. He's a magician. He absolutely is, dude. He's a great coach, great fighter, too. Um, Kroom, you know, is a big dude. He's 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 gonna match Caceres. Caceres is bigger than a lot of his opponents. Not in this case. This guy's the same size, basically the same frame, long, skinny, kind of weird frame. Um, it just comes down to who catches whose neck, I think, Cole. And I, I believe it's gonna be Kroom catching Caceres' neck. So that's gonna be my pick. And this one, Kevin Kroom by sub. 
I'm actually going to look at what the prop on that is right now. Kevin Crew by sub. What is it? Plus 650, Cole. So that's not bad because uh, I, I think there's a very good chance that happens in this fight. How many times has Caceres been submitted? Let me double check. Not too many, but okay. Cron Gracie uh, tapped him out. Jason Knight tapped him out. Faber tapped him out. Uh, Jimmy Hedges tapped him out. Mackin Surmiser tapped him out. So five losses by sub. I think he can do it too. And Cron tap him out? Yeah, I said Cron. So five oh. guys, I believe. And there might be some more at the beginning because Tapology has a few that don't have the method call. But uh, listen, I like Alex, man. He's been in the UFC for over 10 years. It's incredible. Like he's lasted way longer than anyone would expected because I remember that season of the show. He was like the joke of the show, Cole. Bruce Leroy with the hair and everything. This guy's turning himself into a very good fighter over the years. And he has won three in a row, so credit to him, Cole. But I, I think Kevin Kroom's a better fighter right now. So that's my pick. Guy's really turned it around. I, I'm not going against that camp either. Kevin's uh, Daniel says he's put, put uh, 50 on Kroom. That's a good uh, bet, I think, man. Hey, Jose, how's it going, man? I like that bet, dude. All right, next up. What do we have here, Cole? We have wh- which fight do you have, Cole? This whole list on uh, be- on best fight odds is messed Hill up. And, right Hill and Yoder. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna look at topology. Um, Hill right now is a huge favorite. She is minus three twenty five. Yoder plus two sixty five. Me and Cole actually were texting about this one a little bit the other day, and and Cole's like, "What do you think the line's going?" I said minus two hundred. I think Cole said minus one seventy five. Bet online, I believe, opened him at minus one seventy five. Open her, I should say. Excuse me, her. So Cole, nice job with that, with that, uh, with that line. But it was a bad line, clearly, because the line's doubled now, minus three twenty five of Cole. Uh, there's really no support here for Ashley Yoder, but do you think she has a chance to win this fight? It, it, what's funny is it's actually a rematch. A lot of people don't realize they fought in twenty seventeen with the Hill winning a decision. She was like minus three fifty in that fight too. But I l- like Angela Hill in this fight. Call me crazy. Angela Hill cries robbery every single time she's in a close fight. She didn't. I don't think she beat Michelle Watterson. I don't think she beat Claudia Gadelia. She definitely did not beat Jan uh, Yaizen yeah. or whatever. However you say it, but she was saying, "Oh, I won that fight." She clearly didn't win that fight. I don't think she won Watterson. Gadelia was a close fight, but that's the thing. Angela Hill is in these close fights for a reason. She doesn't win rounds decisively. She kind of leaves a lot up to be desired. Like she, like the way she fights is. She'll land a couple, but her head snaps back so much that it looks like her opponents are landing the heavier shots. I think Angela Hill can edge a decision, but there's no way you can lay minus 350 on Angela Hill. She's like Bobby Green where she fights down to her competition or she fights up to her competition. I think Yoder is a step down from what she's been fighting, but Yoder, I had her last time out with that upset win over Miranda, Miranda Granger. Like She has capabilities to pull off upsets, but I'll lean Angela Hill. I think maybe you just bet this fight goes a distance because I don't really see any of them getting a stoppage win, and then you get both sides. But I think minus 350 or whatever it is now is way too high for Angela Hill. Yeah, there's a lot of hype behind Angela Hill because a lot of people thought she won her last couple of fights. Uh, there's definitely an argument you could make, I think, for uh, what was it, the fight with Gadea, I believe, that I, I think I did score for, but I don't think she beat Watterson. It was a it was competitive, though. And before that, she had a nice win streak. So I'll give her a lot of credit, man. I. Didn't think she'd be anything special after the first time she was in the UFC back in 2014. She left for a couple of years, came back, and you know she's turning herself into like kind of a uh, fan favorite, I guess you could say. But cool. Look at her overall record in the UFC. It's really not that good. Four, five, six, seven, and four, five, six, seven, seven and nine record. You're gonna lay minus 350 on a fight with a sub 500 record. Oh my, no chance, Cole. I'm not doing it, man. I'm not doing it, Cole. This is Dogger Pass, Cole. I'm trying to convince myself to take a shot on Yoder here. I'm not going to lie, Cole. Like, there's some things to like about her here. 
Hill took the fight on short notice. Yoder is four inches taller. Yoder has six inches in reach. Yoder's a southpaw. Um, the problem is the striking differential. That's the biggest problem, Cole. She's literally landing like almost six a minute, Hill, and Yoder's landing like two and a half. So that's a huge problem. But Cole, what's what do I have here? Hill's takedown defense is just 66%. Also, Angela Hill's older in this fight. She's 35 years old. She's not a young woman. She's 35. You know what, Cole? I, I think I got a lean Hill. That's just my lean because look at the line. You see the line, Cole? I am going to watch the first fight again. I will rewatch this first fight between them and see what I can take from it. They are different fighters now, but I'm just looking at the stats. Yoder apparently landed three takedowns in the fight. I have to watch it again. Um, go ahead. And look at who Angela Hill beat. It was like Hannah Cyphers. Yeah, not great like, fighters. They're not good wins. And then she got the Gedalia and Waters and step up, and she lost. Like I don't like everyone thinks she's this, such a good fighter because she's like she's a good personality. Like she's a fan favorite, but. She's not a top 10 strawweight. Like, no, people no, think no. she's, like, this top 10, like, this world beater. But Yoder can definitely win this fight. Like, if anything, I think it's dog or pass for me. But I don't know. Maybe people will want to lay that on it. I just think even at this price, like, Angela Hill's not a parlay piece because I would not be shocked if she loses. I'm just going to throw this up here for a second. Um, it's, the, it's the UFC stats screen. Again, stats are just one thing. you got to watch the fights. But there's just some, there's, a, there's a few advantages for Yoder here. Look at this. Cool. Sorry, it's not six. It's five inches, but still. Southpaw, that's always an edge. And then the, look at this, the height, age two years younger. This is the problem right here, Cole. See that? That's the biggest yeah. problem. Twice as many strikes. But look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look, Hill's very hittable. She's very hittable mm -hmm. too. So Yoder's more of a specialist on the ground, I would say. Hill, obviously good takedown even lately, 77%. But can't be taken down. Again, taken down three times in the first fight. I, I'm going to have to rewatch that fight again, obviously. Again, you know, it's so early in the week. Oops. There we go. So, again, my lean is Hill, but I don't know, Cole. Like, I, I, I guess I'm trying to convince myself to take a shot on uh, me too. I was so. <laughs> what do you guys think? You tell us, man. Like, I, think I don't think half the unit honor is the worst play. I'll be honest. I, I think Angela Hill's only getting bet up because people like her. Like, she's yeah. like it's, it's a close. A it's like minus two hundred plus one hundred, and right now the line is minus three twenty five and going up. It's climbing. So, yeah. All right, let's move to the next fight, Cole. Next fight is this is a rebooking between Pedro Munoz and Gene Rivera. We talked about this fight, I think, two or three weeks ago now, Cole. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And I believe well, I picked Rivera by decision. Is that what you picked? I had it too. Have you changed your mind? Because he did catch COVID a second time. No, nothing really changes. I just think Jim Rivera is a much better striker than Pedro Munoz. I'm I don't want to say not too high on Pedro Munoz. Like he like the lost Edgar, that was a close fight, but loses to Sterling, and then he beat knocks out Cody Garbrandt, which I just think uh, okay, a lot of people are knocking out Cody Garbrandt, but then look at his like the Brett Johns win that is and the Rob Font win. Those are good wins, but I think this is a I think if Rob Font and Pedro Munoz rematch, I think Rob Font would win. Like when I talked to Tyson, he said that was a big mental thing where Rob kind of got really anxious and scared backstage before fights. Was Tyson was telling me he said that's totally changed. Like he's so confident now. Like he like what Tyson was telling me is he thought Rob Font lost fights before he even walked out. Like they kind of knew he was going to lose to Munoz in the sunset just because he mentally wasn't there. And that's a big change. But like, I think Rivera, I think this fight just stays standing. It's going to be similar to Sterling fight where it just stays standing for the most part. And Jimmy Rivera just picks apart Pedro Munoz for a, a decision win. I'm just looking at Rivera's Twitter or Instagram while you're uh, talking, Cole. Look, look, dude, look how big his dog is, by the way. His dog is as big as him. That's how big his dog is. Holy shit. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, you know, my my thoughts don't change a lot. It's essentially the same fight. The, the thing about him catching COVID a second time does f- f- really freak me out. Mm-hmm. He says he feels good, but who knows? Look at, look at Cam's at, man. He's, he's still sick. Rivera had COVID, I think, last April or May. I believe he's supposed to fight on that first card back, if I'm not mistaken, Cole, like 249 or whatever after COVID. Uh, pandemic started he got sick and then he got it again so that that's the only thing that really worries me because otherwise i like him in this fight but that does worry me guys and again a lot of guys who've got covid have not performed as well in the octagon it's just this is a fact my lean is towards rivera because i think he's just a more accurate like technical striker call and we saw against yan he can land strikes and and, and be very effective he can be dropped chin's not great we've seen that i just don't know if Munoz is going to be able to drop i know he knocked out garbrandt so he does have some power and he lands a lot of kicks too with that love but I think judges don't look at the kicks as much. And I think in that fight with Frankie Edgar, that's something I looked at a lot, the kicks. He's landing a lot of kicks. Judges pay attention more to punches, sadly enough. So mm-hmm. I feel like the punches versus kicks in this fight, Cole, I feel like the punches win out. So Jimmy Rivera by decision is my lean in this fight. What's the problem on that, Cole? Rivera by decision. I don't think he finishes uh, Munoz, do you? No. Decision plus 100, Cole. So I don't know. That's something, but might as well display the juice on it. Okay, I want to go back to the last fight because we had a couple of comments. And uh, Cameron says he got Yoder. Yeah. Daniel says, I might pop a five on Yoder out of spite. Hope she gets a robbery. <laughs> Imagine that, Cole. Imagine she gets, Angela Hill gets robbed again and she gets freaks out again. Oh, she loses a decision. She's going to call robbery again. Of course. And here's Jose Flores. Another reason why UFC rankings are BS is the fact Cody's ranked higher than Pedro. That makes no sense. But Pedro's I mean, Pedro, Pedro's lost two in a, or yeah, but, two in a row since that. Cool. I think a lot of us thought he beat Frankie. I know you didn't, but I think a lot of us did. You know, that was a close fight, split decision. Having said that, it was a loss on paper. Um, the other thing is these guys have fought before, right? And yeah, uh, Rivera won. Yeah, and yeah, he's ranked higher than him. So it's you know, it's one of those don't even pay attention to them, Jose. There's no you're just gonna you're gonna make us all upset, Jose. Come on, it's been a good morning, so let's not talk about the rankings. Then we'll get Marcel start talking about Chris Tyone and then things are gonna really turn uh, turn awry. Anyways, yeah, Rivera by decision. Okay, cool. A couple fights left. Next up, <laughs> why is this fight in the main card, guys? Tell me. Montana De La Rosa versus Myra Bueno Silva. I, I guess it's a showcase for Bueno Silva, if I had to guess. I don't understand why it's on the main card. But minus 145 for Silva, plus 125 for Rosa. So who De La Rosa, I should say. Who are you picking? I kind of disagree with you. I like Montana De La Rosa here. I don't. Bueno Silva's a grappler. I don't think you're going to outgrapple Montana De La Rosa. I think De La Rosa is probably a better grappler. Like, you look at Bueno Silva, like that's how she wins her fights. She takes her down and she smits on Jillian Robinson, uh, Barrello, uh, Mona Souza. When she couldn't get someone down in, in Moreau's, she lost. I think Delos is a better striker. I think her takedown defense is good enough. And I think what's a big fight for this one is Montana Delosa got a full camp at Elevation Fight Team, which she didn't get for her last one. And that's a good group of girls out there. There's like Mallory Martin, Shayna Dobson. There's a couple other like UFC girls out there and training at Elevation thinks only going to improve. Her uh, cardio, I just think Buena Silva really has one path to victory, and that's get her down and submit her. I think if she can't submit Del Rose, she's just going to be able to kind of pick her apart on the feet and win a decision. It's definitely a close fight. I wouldn't be surprised Buena Silva had a decision, but I like to Montana Del Rosa here. Yeah, it's a close fight, man. It really is cool. And again, one I need to look into a little bit more because Buena Silva, quite frankly, has been very inactive in the UFC. Um, she did fight twice last year, Cole, but she didn't fight at all in 2019. And she had one fight in the UFC in 2018. So very inactive fighter. Has looked pretty good, though, for sure. And here, Grande is nasty, man. There's a reason she got signed in the UFC. She had that nasty ninja choke on Contender Series. So, you know, it was like her, Johnny Walker, 
uh, Vinicius from Moreira, who's one of Cole's favorite all time fighters, and a few other people got signed from that first season. <laughs> I kind of be the worst UFC fighter of all time. <laughs> no, I think he should fight that guy, uh, Katis Ibrahimov. Then the, the title the battle the worst UFC fighter of all time. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't fight her basketball. Those guys are not good. Um, yeah, this is a close fight, man. It, it really is. You know, Della Rosa's got some advantages too, Cole. She's a little bit taller, a little bit longer. Uh, she has more UFC experience. She's been more active in the UFC. She's younger. She has a lot of advantages, actually. She trains at a great camp. Um, I also think that uh, Buena Silva trains at a really good camp. She trains with uh, Charles Oliveira and those guys at Diego Lima's shoot box. So training at a great camp. Um, coming off a nice win over Mara Burrell. But the thing about that fight is, Cole, she got taken down in that fight and got the armbar off her back. That does kind of worry me, right? Like, Della Rosa, can she hold her? Can she pin her to the ground? Can she get her back? So... This is another tricky fight, I think. I'm going to look into a little bit more. My lean right now is towards Silva because I have been a little bit more impressed, Cole. And quite frankly, you know, the, the Della Rosa family, I got to fade them, Cole. I'm sorry, her and her husband, are, they haven't had much success in the UFC. But, you know, it's all matchup dependent, guys. And this is a fight where I, I think Della Rosa definitely has a chance. So I'm going to look into it more, Cole. Um, you know, what definitely gives me some pause about Silva is the fact that she's not a striker, like you said, Cole. She's a grappler, and that could play into De La Rosa's strengths because I think if she fights a striker like Araujo, she's going to get destroyed, Cole. She doesn't have much striking. But on the ground, she's very good. Uh, so it's a close fight. Lean, Silva, going to look into it more. Two more fights, guys. I'm going to get some comments quickly. Dan Edwards says De La Rosa's due for a win. So is her husband. I don't, did he even win a fight in the UFC, Cole? Did he ever win a fight? Maybe. Maybe he's like one and four, two and four. I don't yeah, know. maybe. I would say says any updates on Kron. No, we haven't heard much. And and uh I think it was someone was asking James the interview, and he's just like he's impossible to track down. Mm -hmm. Uh Babel fan. <laughs> Got him angry. Talking about uh Jimmy Vers dog. Tyler's talking about the New England Tartel boys. Oh yes. Oh yes. They are a great camp, man. Andre says he likes Rivera in that fight. And we got DX filler. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> I love that picture. It's so funny. All right, two more fights, Cole. Co-main event, Nikita Krylov versus Megabit Ankalev. Ankalaev. How do you pronounce it, Cole? Ankalaev. Ankalaev. There you go. So, Megabit Ankalaev and Nikita Krylov. Minus 344, Ankalaev. Plus 284, Nikita. The minor. What do you think? I think the odds are really too high on this one. Like, Megabit Ankalaev has looked good, but his he hasn't really fought anyone in the UFC. Like, he lost Paul Craig, which that loss... You couldn't have lost one more second. Like, that's what gets me mad. Like, he literally had one second to not tap, and he wins that fight. And look who he beat. Marcin Prack now, Clinton Abreu, Dolce Lunguiata, and then I have Kuchelaba twice. Like, none of those are top 15 guys. Not, frankly, Dolce isn't that good. Prack now isn't that good. Clinton, I think, might have been cut. Like, I, Nikita Kralov has definitely fought the more, like, the high-level competition. Like, he fought Johnny, like, he beat Johnny Walker, submitted OSP. Like, he fought Jan Blachowicz, he's fought Glover Teixeira, he has some good wins and he has the capability to use his grappling and hold Ankh Live down exactly what he did to Johnny Walker. Everyone thought Johnny Walker was going to go through and just knock this guy out. I think that's the the similar thing with Ankh Live. Everyone says, oh, Ankh Live is going to knock out Nikita Krylov. I'll pick Magomed Ankh Live here, but I actually think he wins a decision. I don't think he knocks out Nikita Krylov. A decision I was looking at was like plus 250, something oh, like wow. that. Oh, wow. Wow. Because everyone thinks Ankalaev is going to knock this guy out. But Nikita Krylov has such a good chin. He doesn't get knocked out. Jan Blachowicz can knock him out, and he had to end up going on the ground tapping him. I like Magomed Ankalaev, but I think I would not be shocked if this fight goes the distance. I got to get this comment, man. Nice job, buddy. He said he won 750 on Lewis. Nice job, man. 
Congrats, dude. Hopefully you win this week. Hopefully we all will cash this weekend. I'm just yeah. gonna grab these comments quickly, Paul, then I'll do mine. Cameron says he's a future champion. Goliath. Daniel says his Crowver pass. Babel fan says Ankoliev. He says you can't compare him to Walker. They're just both like really tall. I don't I, I think Ankoliev's probably a little better. Walker's more flashy. Probably. I wasn't comparing him to Walker, just comparing him to that whole narrative that everyone Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, and Walker was a big favorite, if I'm not mistaken. At least actually he wasn't a big favorite. He was like was he like a pick-up maybe? He was a favorite though for sure. What was the odds? I gotta check the odds quickly, guys. Uh Krylov. Yeah, he was only he was plus 19 at close last that last fight goal. So it was a little bit closer than I think we're remembering a little bit. But um, yeah, as far as this fight go, guys, you know, initially I'm like Ankalev's gonna smoke him. And then you like look into the fight a little bit more, and Krylov's got a better chance, I think, than people are giving him here. Because of the grappling advantage, he does have the better grappling. If the fight goes to the ground, this guy has the the, the, the capability to submit uh, Ankalaev, just like Paul Craig did with one second left. That guy tapped with one second. You know, after that fight, I bet against him like three fights in a row, and I can't do it now with Ankalaev because he's we've shown a lot. But that that quick tap call really freaked me out, man. Because Krylov's very crafty in the ground call. And Cole, look at if you look at his resume, Cole. Look look at his return to UFC, right? The the, the latest mm-hmm. stint. Look at the losses, Cole. Who are they to? Jan Blachowicz and Glover Teixeira. Glover by split, who's the number one contender. It was a close fight in Vancouver. Those are those are not bad losses, Cole. You know, and he beat Walker and he beat OSP in a rematch that a lot of people counted him out on. First fight, he got tapped out. He went and tapped out uh, OSP in that fight. So, you know, this is a guy who's had a weird career in the UFC, man. He's been up and down at times. He fought a heavyweight when he first came in. He was this. He was like a fat, out of shape heavyweight. He was terrible. Uh, remember this fight was Sola Pelelli, one of the worst fights ever. It was such a bad fight. He gassed out the third round, got finished. I mean, this guy is just not a great fighter, but uh, it wasn't a great fighter, I should say. He's really turned himself into a great fighter over the years, and he's very, uh, very good now, very dangerous. So, you know, I'm almost convinced myself on Krylov here because I, I, I do like Ankelib because of the striking. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, Cole, I think the fight stays standing. I think he outstrikes Krylov, but. This is not a bad play, Krylov by sub. I think I was looking. It was plus nine fifty. What the hell? Are you serious? Yeah. Plus nine fifty. That is unbelievable. Look at this one. Daniel says I was at the O2 Arena when Ankle pulled that song against Craig. Thank God I didn't bet him that. You know the craziest freaking thing about that card? That was the latest submission in a three round fight in UFC history. Later on that night, Leon Edwards finished Peter Sabat at four fifty nine in the third round. They are both at four fifty nine in the third round the same night. Never happened before in UFC history. That is crazy. It happened on the same card. You were at that card, Daniel. It's pretty nuts. Um, Cameron says he can KO or submit him. Krylov gets tired. Krylov never goes to decision. That's true. Krylov is – he's not really a decision guy, but he has the last two fights, right, Cole, if I'm not mistaken? Well, uh, two I know he went against Johnny Walker. Walker and Glover, you went the distance too. So he, he can. He's, he's definitely got better cardio than he used to. When he was a heavyweight, he had no cardio at all. Tyler mm-hmm. says I like ankle live. I have to pick ankle live too. I'll pick ankle live, Cole, but – I'm kind of looking at it the same way as you, man. I think it's a tougher fight. And, you know, he's very crafty in the fecal. He might just st- stick on the outside and win the decision. Because this is a tough fight, man, against a guy. Like, why would he even get close to him, Cole, and let Cryo get a chance to get him to the, to the ground where he couldn't finish him? So, yeah, ankle live, but, you know, there's a chance Cryo wins. Okay. Main event of the evening, Cyril Gone versus Jarzino Rosenstruck. And I just want to get this comment from earlier. Someone had asked about uh, Gone. I think it was Jose asked. He says, you think gone by subs reasonable bet? We can talk about that now. So um, I should mention there's this new website right for called uh, – it's it's actually an app. It's called Fanatics and Mayakul. It's very cool. Fanatics Fantasy app. It's free. It's cool. Um, definitely check that out. And, uh, yeah, um, 
I have a prospect profile coming up on, on Cyril Gunn. It should come up today. So I did like a nice long article on him. I watched all his fights last night, Cole. I kept saying them to you, Cole. Mm-hmm. I was like, Cole, remember this fight from TKO? I've seen them before. It's been a few years, though. So I watched all of Gunn's fights last night. I love this guy. <laughs> I think he could be a champion, guys. I really do. He's so good. And he's getting better. That's what I like about him. He's getting better. He's so well-rounded. That's the thing that stuck out to me. In his very first MMA fight, remember, he had, okay, so he had a Muay Thai background. Fought seven times in Muay Thai from 16 to 18. TKO saw him. They liked him. They signed him over. He went to Montreal. He fought for TKO three times. His first fight call against Bobby Sullivan. He's beating this guy up, and then he went for a front choke, which you don't see that often. Choked him out. And I was like, whoa, this guy's got finish ability. The next two fights, Adam Ditska was actually a pretty tough fight for him. Um, he beat him up by a TKO call, but it was actually kind of a tough fight. Mm-hmm. But it was good to get that experience. And then the next fight against Roger Souza, which I posted on my Twitter last night, was like the worst beating I've ever seen from gone. That guy's got one of the best chins I've ever seen called. It was just like a statue standing there just getting smashed. And Jason Herzog, the ref, he's like looking at him like, what do I do? So that was crazy. And then Cole, since he came to the UFC, submits Rafael Pessoa, submits Dante Days with the heel hook, beats Tanner Bosa by decision, which was good to see him go 15 minutes, and then smashes Junior DeSantos. I've watched all of Gon's fights, guys. He's incredible. I love him. Now, I did watch all of Rosenstruck's fights too because I want to be fair and I want to watch both fights. And Rosenstruck is an incredible striker. As we know, he's got great striking, straight punches. He's got big power, uppercuts. He's got everything, um, you know, cooks, everything, kicks. He's a beast. But I think he's beatable, man. I really do, Cole. We saw it first off. We saw him get KO'd by Nagano. I think he's. I think both guys can get KO'd in this fight for sure. It's heavyweight mm-hmm. fight. I think that Gon would be more likely to knock Rosenstrike out personally, Cole. I think Rosenstrike um, can also be taken down to the ground too in this fight. And that's kind of where I think Gon's going to fight him, Cole. This is exactly where I wrote my article. Just like Battlefan says, if he, if he sparry takes to the ground, I, and he says there's a good chance of being on feet, I agree completely. I don't think he's going to really want to stand back with Jardino, uh, Cole. I think he's going to fight. The thing that stood out to me from Gon watching his fights, he has a high fight at Q2, guys, and he's very opportunistic on the ground. I think he'll try to wrestle him, get him to the ground. And, uh, yeah, to answer the question earlier, I think um, Gon by sub is very good chance of happening. And the prop is Gon by sub plus 500. That's not bad, Cole. Gon by TKO is only plus 125. Gon by plus, uh, plus 500 for sub. Um, Again, Jarzino can win this fight, guys. He has mm-hmm. power. We've seen that against Overeem. We saw that against Arlovsky, a few other guys, Alan Crowder, Junior Albini, these guys, Cole. But I just feel like the grappling is going to be a big advantage, Cole, a huge advantage for Gon. This is mixed martial arts. It's not kickboxing. If this was a Muay Thai fight, I would probably give an advantage to Jarzino just because of the pure uh, power. But it's not Muay Thai. It's MMA. There's no doubt in my mind, Cyril Gon is the superior mixed martial artist. That's what this sport is, MMA. I like Gon Cole. I'm probably going to parlay him in some capacity. I understand he's a big favorite. I get that. I think he's going to win this fight, and I think he's going to win dominantly. So I really like Gon in this fight, guys. And, uh, yeah, that sub prop is definitely worth a bet, man, I think. Go ahead, Cole. Yeah, I like Cyril Gon here, too. I think Gon's the real deal. I think he's the best heavyweight prospect probably we've seen in years, if not, uh, like, like – the thing is, in Gon coming after we talked about this guy was the best heavyweight prospect. That was just because he had so much power. Still got his power, and Andy has a ground game. Like, yep. I yep. think Gon is just going to shoot for takedowns early and often. I don't think this is going to be a kickboxing fight, as a lot of suggest. Like, you look at Rosenstruck, Alistair Overeem, not known as a wrestler, took Rosenstruck yep. down over and over and over again and had a lot of success on the ground. If 
Rolandstruck Aerith over and kind of just ran around the Octagon and didn't let Rolandstruck even get around him for that final like 10 seconds. He would have won. Like, he probably would have 50 45 him, if not yeah. worse. Like, I think Silgon just takes him down. I think Silgon has the ground game to tap out using your Rolandstruck. Silgon by sub plus 500. That's crazy. I'm actually looking at the props right now. So, gone by subs plus 500, gone by decisions plus 325. I, I think it, I, I have surprised the sub prop is higher than the decision prop. Mm -hmm. I do think there's actually a chance, though, Cole, that this fight could go the five rounds. Um, that over if I was four seconds away from going five, I think both guys have decent power for big men. Definitely gone has the better, I think the better cardio, you know, if the fight does go the fourth or round, it's likely that, you know, Rosen strike would be finished by then. But uh, I think there's a chance that could happen too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to talk myself out of that plus 500 sub prop. Cause I think I wrote my article. Yeah. Happen, right. Yeah. But I would say, you know, of the method of victory that was, that would actually be the second most likely behind the TKO, which probably is the most likely call ground and pound. Cause he has got, he's got good ground and pound uh, mm -hmm. by the way too. Gone's got really good ground and pound. Can you guys tell I like Cyril gone? He's really good. Daniel says he's going to leap in and get finished right here. Just like he did against Francis. I mean, Francis got, okay, listen, Francis got a lot of power. Like you said, Cole, Francis has got power. Who has the better ground game between gone and Francis Cole? Gone. So he is a special fighter. I wrote, I'm like, he's a special guy. Yep. He's a, when have we ever seen a guy who's 250 pounds get a heel hook? Like besides Frank Mir, maybe. I can't remember any big man who's ever did this. And Olenek, obviously. Like, but who else is that crafty in the ground? And can strike, Cole. And can move. He can. And he's only 32. He's only 30. He's got Which a long. Like 21 in any other division. Yeah, I know. He's so good, man. Erzino says, I'm going to win some money in this fight. Everyone's picking Erzino. The line's going down a little bit. I do like Gon, and so does Andre. Again, he's a big favorite, guys, but, you know, it's all matchup dependent, you know. It's all matchup dependent. And I think he's got, like, I, I would arguably even cap him a little bit higher. Here's the thing. I, I saw someone tweet this on uh, last week, and they were talking about MMA, right? Like, you got to, like, look at the fights, and any fight, anyone can get knocked out, right, Cole? So yep. you can't be like, okay, this guy's going to get KO'd. Who's the better MMA fighter? It is gone. Is there a chance he gets knocked out? 100%. Yarzino's got big power. Maybe you hedge it. Maybe you want to go and hedge it. But overall, Gone is amazing. <laughs> that, like, you like Gone as much as the guy yesterday. <laughs> Macy. Maybe Chris is in the chat today. I don't know if he hates Macy, but he didn't like her too much, obviously. Um, I do like Chris. He's cool. I agree with you. I think she beats a lot of girls. Oh, from yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well it was more Marcel talking to him. But uh, Kevin says, uh, didn't Simon Simone sub Morabit round three? Uh, five of round three. So that that fight's really messed up. It's actually called a TKO, even though we had it in the guillotine choke. Yeah. It's so dumb. It's the weirdest rule ever. It's stupid. I think it should have been a decision, but that's just me. And I think Barab probably got robbed. He did get choked out, though. So I have to watch that fight again. It's just weird. It's after the Barab belt. won the decision. I can't remember. I yeah, think I think it was going to be uh, Marab was going to win a split, like a split or something. Maybe unanimous. But anyways. Okay. <laughs> Guys, throw your questions in there. We got 10 minutes left, Cole. So we'll take any questions that... Uh, that we'll we'll grab here, look at some news and stuff. Um, take a look around here, guys. There's definitely been some news. I mean, TJ Dillashaw's out there again. He wants a title shot. I know. I know you're kind of like stumping for him to get it. So you're not surprised, obviously, by his comments. You think he's gonna get it, Cole? If Peter Yen wins, he does. That fight's next Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So yeah, I mean, like at first I was like, man, Dillashaw's waiting a long time. But now that this fight's here, it's like he's not really waiting that long. If Yan wins. I 100% expect him to call well, Dillashaw. So, so I talked to Yan, and here's his whole thing on TJ Dillashaw. It's what I said, if you beat Sterling, like there's Sandhagen, there's Dillashaw. He goes, 
Next, I want to fight T, uh, fight cheater TJ Dillashaw. Many people think he doesn't deserve to fight for the title after suspension, but I believe it won't be a reward for him. It will be a punishment. I promise me that. Dude, that's amazing. That's am- Did he say that or did the, the uh, interpreter say it? Uh, he said his English is getting a bit better. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, my God. Love that quote. That's your headline, Cole. There's your headline, buddy. I got some good questions here, guys. Let's get them. I'm going to go for the first one from Marcus. I love this question. What are your thoughts on the Oklahoma football players getting their asses kicked in the bathroom by smaller guys who had MMA training? Is it true one of the football players has a lawsuit? I don't know about that, possibly. I have I saw the video yesterday. The video obviously went viral. Great video. A guy looks kind of like a mini Ben Askren. Dude, it was awesome, man. The guy's getting bullied and stuff, and he, he beats the crap out of the guy. It was awesome. I personally like the video, but what do you think, Cole? Yeah, it's crazy. It just kind of shows you can't really – you don't really know who you're picking on. That's why bar fights are so, like – you could be like, oh, this guy looks so weak. And then all of a sudden he just whoops your ass. Like you don't really know how strong or how tough people are fighting. Like I know some people that are so muscular that in a fight, I think the smallest guy would beat them just because you don't know how to fight. They don't know what to do. Like you can't yeah. just kind of base it off of what they look like. 100% dude. You can't judge a book by – I was writing that yesterday too about Chris Dawkins. I wrote an article about him and Tom Aspinall for MMA ratings. You can find my Twitter. And I said, you don't judge a book by its cover. You look at Chris Dawkins, you think he's some fat guy. Guy's incredible. Get these comments from Marav. He's, uh, Battle fan says Marav should have won a unanimous decision. He dominated Simone, went for a big slam. Sam just went ahead in the canvas. Was out for two seconds with 45 seconds left to go. The ref didn't see it. Let it go on. Should have been a UD win. I thought so too. It was kind of weird, but whatever. It's been a few years now. Anyways. Um, Jose Flores, thoughts on Shamil versus Sakai? Split decision win for someone in that fight. It's going to be a grind fest. Um, I think Sakai is probably a little bit better, but Shamil's got that ability to like hold guys and hug them and stuff. By the way, he's like ranked really high. I'm surprised how ranked high rank he is. Who's he beating? I know he almost beat Lewis, but he didn't beat him. So uh, Kevin says anything on Valentina and Draw Jang, Rosa Sparza. The only thing we've heard, and we had uh, Marcel talking on this yesterday, Cole, was uh, those events in Singapore, 17th, 24th, I believe. They want to do two oh, events. They're not happening. They're not even happening. So there you go. So yeah, that those. If anything, uh, maybe they can get uh, Zhang to come to the States. Like, it's been a year since that fight. It, uh, she lost all her momentum. Dude, it must be a visa thing, right? Like, why else can they not get her over? It must be a visa. China travel issue, obviously. But have there been other Chinese fighters that fought, like Li Jingliang? Although, yeah. I guess he's in the States, maybe. Now. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. By the way, did you see that picture of Dan Hooker this morning? Yeah. Dude, that, that broke my heart, man. That's so hard to see. That little kid looked devastated. She wants to see her father. Dan Hooker's uh, 56 day quarantine. That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, what's crazy is he doesn't get out until after Adesanya's fight, and he fought in January. That's unbelievable, man. I mean, the sacrifice these guys make, and he goes in there and it's knocked out brutally. Well, that's why like, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't fight again until all this is over. Like, it's... Yeah, he's going to take a break. Dabble fan says not happening. Sorry, Marcel, you did. I have so much going on in my head right now. You have no idea. Jose says, do uh, you think Juan Adams got signed to UFC too soon? Yeah, he didn't look too good in the UFC. Um, Jose says, do you know where T-Vasa trains now? He was out in uh, Dubai because Dan Hooker was working with him. Oh, yeah, that's there. right. I saw those pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did some more AKA before everything shut down. Like I think he's doing a lot to improve his wrestling, which is good. That's good. Tyler says, if Nunez beats Anderson, you think we see Nunez and Valentina for the 135-pound belt. You think, And then Nunez retires this band 145. Hmm. The trilogy, eh? Yeah, I mean, that's probably a tough – that is the toughest fight for, I think. But I don't know. Like, a lot of people, uh, including, I think you, Cole, you said – or Marcel was the one saying she was going to retire. So I heard that. Well, I think there's two fights uh, left. I think she beat Anderson at 145, fights at 135. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are kind of thinking that, too. It's possible. I just think, like, I, could, I couldn't I could turn down a million-dollar payday to fight Megan Anderson, you know, if I was Manny Nunez. 
Megan Anderson would kick my ass, honestly. But I'm saying if I was Amanda Nunez, Cole, you're taking a million bucks or whatever she's going to take to fight Megan Anderson. And Felicia Spencer, whoever she else they can maybe find her. Maybe Danielle Wolf and that. Norma, Norma Dumont. They're going to find her. They're going to get her to fight him. A fighter. Um, Kevin says Invictus leaving Fight Pass. Any idea why? I don't know. I, I saw that yesterday. Uh, Shannon Knapp runs Invictus. She does an incredible job with that promotion. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened. Uh, hopefully they find uh, Maybe like ESPN Plus. That's what uh, people were saying that it's possible. Or, um, I know they're just going on their YouTube channel for now until they figure something out. But Hopefully they figure it out. But I wouldn't be – honestly, as sad as it sounds, would not be surprised if Invictus kind of folded shop because – you know, there's no fans right like I don't is there fans? I don't know. Like, how are they even making money right now? I have no just a fight pass deal, right? And That's LFA right. now is getting a lot of the top girls too, which makes it harder for Invicta. It's tough, but they do a good job. And then here I'll take this question on Tyson Love. Um any he update was, on him? Uh, he's not on the UFC roster anymore. His last yeah. time was the last one, and they said they're not gonna re-sign him. Yep. No, man, Megan will kick her ass. I'm pretty sure she would, dude. She's a professional UFC fighter. Yeah, so, yeah. I wouldn't. I have no shame in saying a woman would kick my ass like Megan Anderson. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't last a minute. I wouldn't last to a minute. To be honest with you, the, the worst fighter in the UFC would, would destroy me. I mean, that's just the, the worst fighter at 115 pounds would kick my ass. Like, I wouldn't it's even true. Close. They would take. <laughs> they would take me down and grab a hold of my arm. Yeah, exactly. Like, I gotta break my arm, tap. Yeah, I know. Kevin says Mewis isn't going anywhere. Cush cans and cash checks. I agree. If Mewis right, cool. she just vacates 135 and just stays at 145 and just easy money, no way, you can't know nothing. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think we're, we're pretty much good now. Uh, yeah, we got two minutes left. So might as well just plug your stuff, Cole. Tell everyone they can find you, Cole. Anything you got coming up? Any new project, projects you're working on? Everything? Like, you've got a lot of places you're writing now. Twitter, anyone. The show is Rosenstruck, Hernandez, Justin Jacoby. Was supposed to be Randy Brown. Had to cut him out because obviously his fight got canceled. And then I talked to Alexa Grosso last night, so I'll write that up about her win. Uh, I also talked to John Casaneda and Julian Rosa about their win, so I'll have those up this week as well. Everything else always on my Twitter. I want to get this comment because it's really funny from Babel Fan. He says, I win by submission smothers. So when I used to train jiu-jitsu and stuff, uh, when I used to train MMA, <laughs> that would be my favorite sub because I was the heavyweight. And I used to always train with smaller guys. There was no one big enough to train with me. Just get up top and press my fat in their face, man. That was my favorite sub. Anyways, you guys can follow me on Twitter at MM Adam Martin. Um, this podcast, obviously, maoddsbreaker.com, home of the podcast. There's a, I got to plug a few things. That's why I wanted to take a minute here. So first, first thing I want to say is um, James Lynch is a really good friend of, of both of ours. He just started a Patreon. I really want you guys to, to uh, give him some love there. I'm going to be joining him um, on the Patreon once a month to do the Parking Shot podcast. So the Parking Shot is back, which should be awesome, Cole. I know you – Cole is a subscriber already, actually. In fact, Cole was the very first Patreon. So, you know, I, I talked to James. He's um, he's really excited about this. He's going to be putting a lot of, like, uh, uh, exclusive content and stuff on there. There's, like, merchandise discounts. I want to give him a plug because he deserves it. So James Lynch, uh, Lynch on Sports, check out his uh, Patreon. So that's something i got to plug. Um, what else, Cole? So a few other places I'm writing for now. I mentioned earlier Fanatics Fantasy app. Very cool app. I played it last week, Cole. I got my fiance to download, so she's doing it with me now. Um, you know, my, I don't need to promote them. It's just a cool app, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm doing a little bit of writing for them. So got a prospect profile coming up on Cyril Gone. What else do I got here? Um, Elite Fantasy Elite DFS. So I told you guys I joined that website, Elite Betting mm -hmm. as well. Um, just started with them last week. This week, it's a subscription website. I think it's 20 bucks a month, but you get everything. You get the MMA, hockey, basketball, football, everything cool if you want to join that. Obviously, it's a little bit of a premium service, but there's some amazing handicappers on that website and great analysts. Like These guys are, are big deals in the States especially, so there's some uh, for other sports and stuff like that. So definitely check it out. It's called Elite, and uh, you guys can – I'll have a podcast there, um, article, 
I'm doing a Discord chat with the guys, and then my bets will be there as well. And that's something, obviously, that was a bridge I wasn't sure I'd ever cross. But quite frankly, it's part of the package deal with them, and I, I don't have a problem doing it, Cole. Um, it's very important right now that I make as much money and work as much as I can. Yeah. Because I have a little one on the way in just a few months, and I'm probably getting married next year after COVID's over. So it's things things are going to add up. I know that. So writing for them, and then where else, Cole? And May Rings got the Aspel Dawkins article. And apparently, I got another uh, little. Uh, I got I got something else on the line, Cole. So maybe I'll uh, tell you guys more about that next week. So that's good. And Tyler says he's going to do the Patreon. Thanks, man. Talk to you later, guys. See you.